In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you are just tired, right? Or just overwhelmed by this world and just all the stuff that's happening in our lives, in our family, in our workplace, that it's so easy right now to just feel overwhelmed, to feel tired, to feel like we're done with everything and everyone, right? And we have to be careful when we feel this way. Especially someone like me, when I'm tired or I'm overwhelmed, don't get in my way, okay? You're not going to see a good side of me, especially even if your last name is Atisha, you're probably the same way as me, okay? And so be careful when an Atisha is tired or overwhelmed. We really have to be careful in our lives when we find ourselves just being overwhelmed with life or just tired with life. And I bring this up today because the main point of what I want us to walk away with from Mass today and from this homily is that we all have struggles and we all have weaknesses and we all have times in life where life is just really difficult and life is very hard. But we need to remember two things. God is powerful. He's more powerful than our struggles. And we need to learn to be patient in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of life's difficulties. God is powerful. We must be patient. Something that has been personally beautiful in my own relationship with the Lord is lately when I've been reading the Bible, the Lord is just really speaking. And, and the Word of God is so powerful. The Word of God is so beautiful. And we need to, to turn to the Word of God more often. Because we would find so many of our problems solved when we simply open His Word and read what He's trying to say to us. So the first verse that really spoke to me today, or this week rather, this week the verse that has really been speaking to me comes from John chapter 4. Jesus is on his journey towards Galilee and he stops in this town of Samaria. Now what I find so interesting and what stuck out to me when I was reading John chapter 4 is it literally says that when Jesus was on his journey, when he was on his way to Galilee and he stopped in this town, he stopped because he was tired. And because he was tired, he sat by the well and he asked that woman for a drink. And why I find that so beautiful is because when we think of Jesus, we always think of this God that's strong, that's perfect, that nothing is ever wrong for him. And he's able to do everything perfectly. But this gospel was so real to me because it made sense. Like, Jesus was tired. And Jesus had to sit down and rest and just catch a breath. And we need to recognize that, that Jesus in his humanity felt what we felt. Jesus in his humanity struggled what we struggled with. We have a God who understands us. We have a God who went through what we're going through right now. Now, the temptation when we're tired, the temptation when we're overwhelmed, the temptation when, when life is difficult is to try to find happiness in so many different things. I saw, uh, I was drinking from a coffee cup recently, and on the coffee cup it said, I need two six-month vacations every year, okay? I need two six-month vacations every year. How amazing would life be if we could just be on vacation all year round, right? And sometimes we think that way. And we think these things, certain things, have to happen in order for me to be happy, in order for my struggles to go away. We think, oh, if I, if I just take a trip, if I go on vacation, then I'm going to be happy. 
If I get a weekend away from my kids, then I'll be happy. If I get married, then I'll be happy. If I get this job, then I'll be happy. If I make this amount of money, then I'll be happy. My brothers and sisters, a trip to Miami, to Vegas, marriage, a new career, a new job, a bigger house, a nicer car. Yes, all of these things are good in themselves, but there's a greater good. There's a greater good than all of these things. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to the first church of Mother of God. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is the greatest good. Jesus is the greater good. I learned this and I continue to learn this in my life because for some reason this year like from Christmas till now has just been non-stop you know it's just been like so crazy and so busy like I can't believe we're five weeks away from Easter already and it's just crazy how fast life has been going so January came January hit and I was just exhausted from Christmas, from New Year's Eve, from New Year's, and just the different masses and confessions and all of these things going on in church. So I said, I need a trip, okay? I need a vacation. So I went to Florida for five days. And I thought that I was going to rest. I thought that I was going to get what I was looking for. And even though physically it was restful, my heart was not satisfied. And to prove it to me, I got bed bugs when I was in Florida, okay? <laughs> and came home with bites all over my body. Because God really was trying to teach me a lesson. That the world can offer us happiness. The world can offer us comfort. But it's not the same as the happiness and the comfort that comes from God. When I came home from those five days, I was itching for the next four days, okay? And I just said, you know what, this is crazy. I need to just spend a day in prayer. So that Monday, after the Masses of the weekend, that Monday, I said, I'm just going to spend the day in prayer. So I spent that Monday after the trip in adoration just with the Lord. And I was with him for a quite amount of time, just being with him throughout that day. And the Lord helped me realize something. What I was looking for in Florida... In five days, God gave it to me in five hours just being with him. In five days, the rest and the happiness and the comfort I was looking for, God gave it to me in five hours by just being in front of the Eucharist. We don't understand the power of God. The next kind of Bible passage that has been speaking to me this week is Psalm 27. If you have time today, I want you to read Psalm 27 because this is so important in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our difficulties. I want to point out a couple of things from this psalm. This psalm is written by King David. And the title of the psalm is Triumphant Song of Confidence. Triumphant Song of Confidence. That's the title. That's what this psalm is called. And King David, when he wrote these psalms, he wrote them to be sung to God. He wrote them to be chanted to the Lord because it was a prayer of singing and rejoicing to the Lord. This is how it starts. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
In the midst of our struggles and difficulties, it's easy to be afraid of the different things that we have to carry. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then there's this next section. Pay attention. Though enemies come against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will hide me, conceal me under the covers of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Wow. One thing I have asked of the Lord. This is the one thing I will seek. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but anytime I go on vacation, I miss our Chaldean church so much. There's something so beautiful about our churches here. And something that the Lord is doing in such a beautiful way. Because every single time I step into one of our churches, it's immediate peace. And it's a peace that I don't always feel in churches around the world. And I think the reason I feel that is because this is home. And nothing is better than home. And what makes this home is the very fact that Jesus is here. You see, we oftentimes forget, we treat the church like it's just another hall. Like we're just coming to, to say some prayers, and we're just coming to, to listen to the priest. We're not just here for those things. We're here to worship God. God is in this place. Jesus is in this place. In that box, in the tabernacle, Jesus sits. And he sits there for us. So when we walk into church, we are literally walking into the house of the Lord. We're walking into his temple. And so when I walk into here, I'm walking into the most powerful place in the world. This is the most powerful place. And this is the best place to be in the midst of our struggles and difficulties. The best place is right here. That we can find solutions around us in the world. But the greatest problem solver and the greatest solution is Jesus Christ. He's the greatest. He's the one that's going to take us through our struggles. And it's here at his altar in his home that he starts to get us through our struggles and our difficulties. The psalm ends this way. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. My brothers and sisters, we need patience in the midst of our struggles and difficulties because we are sometimes the most impatient people when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong, we immediately just want it to go away. We just want to be done with it. And we come to adoration, we pray novenas so that God can just get rid of the things that are bothering us. And I don't think Jesus prayed a novena when he was on the cross or when he was suffering. Jesus didn't pray that his suffering would just be taken away 
And yes, he did that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Lord, let this chalice pass from me. But then he said, not my will, but yours be done. He submitted to the Lord in the midst of his suffering and difficulty. He gave it to God. He gave it to his father and he was willing to suffer. We have to be patient. The first reading is so beautiful because it talks about the people of Israel. They finally get to the promised land. From Egypt until the promised land, they were in the desert for 40 years. Think about that. For 40 years, they were traveling in the desert after their slavery, after God set them free from their slavery. He promised them. He said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. I have a land that I've promised to you. He takes them to the promised land. It takes them 40 years to get there. And they finally get to the promised land. They make it. They arrive. And God says, oh, by the way, you have a great obstacle in front of you. It's this city called Jericho. And you're going to have to march around the city for the next seven days. For six days, I want you to march around the city one time every day. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around the city seven times. And then on the seventh time, you're going to blow the trumpets. You're going to shout to the Lord and the walls are going to fall. I would have said, homeboy, I'm done with this. Okay. I traveled 40 years. You brought me all the way here. And now you want me to march around the city for these walls to fall down. We feel that way sometimes with the Lord. Right? Like, life is good, and then all of a sudden there's a struggle. And then there's a cross. And then, like, life gets good again, and then there's another struggle, and another cross. And then, like, it's just over and over and over again. But we have to be patient. God will get us through it. The Lord will get us through it. Because when the Israelites were obedient to God and His Word, what happened? The walls of Jericho fell. The walls fell down. And God destroyed the sin that was in that city. God destroyed the evil that was in that city. We have to be patient with the Lord. We have to know that God is on our side. He's not against us. God is not against us just because we're struggling. Oh, God is punishing me. God is against me. God doesn't love me. None of those are true. There's no one that's more for us. That's, there's no one that loves us more than Jesus. He's so much for us that he literally gave his entire life for us on the cross. So why would that change now? God is for us. Be patient. Recognize his power. My brothers and sisters, what we're searching for in the world and what we're killing ourselves to get in the world can be found right here. That's the beauty of Mass. That every single grace, every single gift can be found right here. So let's ask the Lord that whatever we need from him today, that we would receive that from his altar and from the most holy Eucharist. Amen.